You are listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church. A lot of things we can do, but I know Pastor Pat too, she wants service to be service, amen? And word of God to go forth and to keep doing, you know, what we got to do, amen? So, you know, there is a message this morning and I believe the Lord's speaking to us and ministering to us, you know, ministering to us through it as we come together to seek him. Because how many of us know we want to know what God has to say today, amen? Because he's the one that's able to comfort us. So let's go to the book of Philemon. And I know it's not a very popular book, but it's in there, guys. Trust me. It's right before Hebrews and right after Titus. So it's right there in the little. We're going to be looking at the book of Philemon this morning. Amen. Amen. And there's only one chapter, so I won't be saying the chapter, just the verses. And the title of today's message is useful. Useful. Amen. So just think about that word as we read through the scripture today. Think about that word as you think about your life today. Think about that word that you look at the people around you today in their lives, your children, your grandchildren, your, your brothers, your sisters, your spouse. Think about it. I know you probably never thought about that, but they are useful, guys. <laughs> okay. Think about it, all right? They're useful, beneficial, and another way of putting it. Amen? I'm not getting, I'm not getting a lot back here. Okay, guys, we've got to walk this out a little bit more. All right, it's a, it's a timely word then. Amen? You know, and those around you, you know, your coworkers, people around you in your school, you know, friends, you know, neighbors, different things like that. There's use, they're useful. And so we want to look at this today as we read this word in Philemon. And I just want us to let this word just sink in within our hearts to bring the word of God to, to light to us this morning. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this day, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. And we just thank you, Father God, Lord Jesus, for teaching us and instructing us in the way that we should go, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that draws us together, that brings us together as a body of Christ, Lord. And Father, we come together this morning in submission to you, Lord. We're asking you, Lord God, Father God, to minister to us by your Spirit, Lord, to open up our minds to understand the Scriptures, that, Father God, our hearts would be open to heed to your Scriptures and to live it out, my God. So, Father, we just thank you this day, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Let's look at Philemon, and this again is only one chapter, so we're going to go to verse 1. It says here, Paul, a prisoner for Christ, Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. So we see here that Paul opens up this scripture. What a scripture to open with, right? You're opening up a letter, and you're, you're writing, I'm a prisoner for Christ. But he's basically saying, I belong to Christ. My life is not my own. He's letting them know about his bondservantness and his commitment to God. Because this is not that God took him and made him a prisoner. This is a voluntary place that Paul has placed himself in by being obedient to the will of God. And remember, Paul didn't have, you know, he was told, go tell Paul all he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, does that sound like an exciting job when you go out for an interview and they tell you all that you will suffer? Are you going to want that job? Like, I'll tell you, I work in sanitation. Well, I don't do, I'm a dispatcher in it, but we do have guys that do it. They go out pumping toilets, and you guys all know what toilets in toilets, right? It's not a pretty job, okay? You got to clean them. You got to do all this, and not only that, it's pretty bad, especially in the summertime. So one of the things I always do is in an interview, when I sit down with somebody, I tell them what it's really like. I give them a scenario. I say, look, you're going to have splatters. You're going to have smells, and sometimes you're going to have toilets that have not been serviced in three to four weeks because we had no way to get to them sitting in the sun for about four weeks. And I just see the looks and the later, I don't want that. All right, great. I'd rather you tell me now, because I tell them, if you have a weak stomach, this is not for you. 
And somebody's already getting hit right now. I could just, just by me telling it, so sorry about that. A little too graphic. But it's real because I want them to know what they're getting into because we've hired so many different people that, yeah, I'll do it, no problem. I got you. Man, a job is a job. First day they come in, they got a look on their face. Uh, they don't come back because <laughs> it's not what they were expecting. And that's not the type of environment you want to be in. Well, many times with being a Christian, it's not always an easy walk. It's easy when we trust the Lord because it's his strength. But it's not always easy in the decisions and the relationships and the changes and the different things that we go through in our walk in Christ. It's not because in all of that, we are still required to stay committed to God, our Savior, and to stay committed within that relationship through it all. Now, imagine me and Letty go through a trial. I say, you know what, now we got to kind of split a little bit because it's, you know, life's got hard. So our commitment's going to have to be on hold. If she tells me that, you think I want to be cool with that? No. I mean, if some, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. And if I tell her that, I'm not going to be cool with that. Because there's a commitment. So no matter what we go through, we have to realize we're going to go through it together. But going through it together, what ends up happening is, is that you grow together. You learn to trust God together. And just like in any marriage or friendship or relationship with your children, with your grandchildren, with a family member, a friend, whatever it may be, how many of us know that relationships grow through trial and tribulation? That's when you really find out who your real friends are. You also find out who your real friends are when they're willing to speak the truth to you. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but the enemy will multiply kisses. Any of us know people like that? Because <laughs> they're willing to tell you the truth, but to a place because of love. And it may hurt because you don't want to receive it, but it, you, it's needed. But those wounds will heal once you realize, man, I really needed that. Because that was the only way that was going to bring change. The enemy will multiply kisses and tell you, no, I keep going. Everything's fine. You'll be all right. And you head it straight for a cliff. Straight to destruction. But see, when you learn to grow with somebody in a relationship, you learn to trust them. And that's why it's so important that we have a relationship with Christ Jesus. But in that relationship, we learn how to have relationships with each other. So when you know and you hear something and you know the person, you know, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like that person. That doesn't sound like something they would do because I know that person. I know what that person's, how, they're, how they are. And they may have said something, but I've known them long enough to know what they most likely meant because of the relationship. And Paul is being very clear about his relationship as a prisoner for Christ. And he writes to Philemon and our beloved fellow worker and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's addressing Philemon here. But he's also addressing, and many believe this is his wife and his son and the church and those that were meeting together here. But so when Paul is writing this letter, this letter is to Philemon, but it's also for those that are around with him. It's also for the church, and he is including everybody in this letter. It's a very small letter, but it's in the Bible for a reason and a purpose. Because you get to see, even though Paul was far away, 
he still had a relationship with him because they were bonded in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Paul was a missionary, an apostle going from and going all different places. He was never in a place too long. But yet, because of the work and the labor, and because they were doing the work of the Lord, they were still brothers and sisters. And Philemon was still doing, running church and having church there where they were at. And so Paul is not only writing this letter for them, for him, but he's writing it for all of them to learn from because this letter is going to challenge them to do something that might not be easy to do. It's going to challenge them not only to receive the word, but to live it out and to act out upon the word. Don't you love it when that happens? Okay, I got one, two amens. Praise God. All right. Amen. Amen. So let's look at verse 4 through 7. And this scripture has always stuck to my heart for just all the believers in Christ in general. He says, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. So again, here you see the relationship that Paul and the love that Paul has for Philemon. He's telling them, I remember you in my prayers and I thank God for you. Do you thank God for your brothers and sisters today? Do we thank God for one another? Do we thank God for our family members and those around us today? And this is what Paul is doing. It's because of that relationship. And Paul is opening up very clearly about how this relationship stands. He's opening up with this because he's letting them know that he cares for him. And that he's thinking about him. And he's encouraged by him. And this is what Paul is doing here. Pastor Pat, the scripture reminds me a lot of you. Because I know you're always praying for us. And I know that you're praying for the, not just the church here, but the body of Christ. And that's not an easy thing to do. But it's a prayer of thanks and a prayer of joy because of the, of the work and the potential that she sees in the individual of the body of Christ. See, Paul here sees the potential and the, and the vision and the purpose for Philemon's life. And he's speaking that word over him as he remembers him in thankfulness and prayer for him. And we need people like that. We need to be those type of people to be praying and encouraging one another and being thankful for one another. Because this is what Paul did. This was part of his life. It wasn't just something he did because it was church. This was his life. Because of the love and the relationship he had with the children of God. But keep in mind, he wasn't always there with them. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have any of that back then. They had letters. 
And hopefully those letters made it without being tampered with. I mean, we know what that's like. Something gets lost in the mail, right? Imagine a runner taking one of these letters. Might have got lost. This was the trust because they were continuing to do the work. Paul would get word back of the churches that were still going forward. He would also get word back of the churches that were going astray. And he would address those concerns. And if necessary, he would go back to those churches to follow up, to check in on them, and to correct them if need be. But usually he corrected them through letters, so that by the time he got there, think, you know, he didn't have to do it. He'd be like, all right, you guys read the letter, right? All right, okay. Did you do it? All right, great. We're good. Let's enjoy this, this visit, all right? <laughs> I don't want to have to be strict here. But they never lost a relationship with Paul because they never stopped having a relationship with Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? That's how me and you stay connected today. Is by continuing to serve God. And can I tell you something? Even those that got home today. We still stay connected because they're still in relationship with the Father today. Through Jesus Christ as we are today. Because we're continuing to follow the Lord. And to serve him. In verse 8, it says, Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful for you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart, I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be com by compulsion, but, out, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So now we're going to touch on a little bit of drama here, okay? <laughs> Once Miss is Philemon's bondservant at one point in time. We don't know the whole story, whatever it may be. But looking at this letter, we notice that Once Miss left, he took off. And the relationship between him and Philemon was broken. There was most likely an anger. There was most likely betrayal. There were most likely all these different things. We don't know the whole details of it. We just know that Paul is now trying to bring them back together. See, it says that once a miss was his bondservant. But see, we think of slaves and all that as being whipped and all that. But many times the slaves would become a part of the family and the household. They would live there. They would raise their kids there. They would become a part of the family. So Philemon could have had a really strong relationship with this guy. We don't know too much. But regardless, there was a relationship there. When he left, Philemon could have been like, forget that guy. But then Philemon becomes a Christian. Philemon changes, and now Philemon's having church in his house. <clears throat> and Paul, 
through that season, meets Philip uh, Onesimus. And he says, Onesimus, I have become a father to him. And now he is useful to me. And he can also be useful to you. See, who knows what Onesimus was going through or whatever was going on in his life. He was running. He was up to no good. Maybe he stole. I don't know. But one thing we know is there was a relationship broken. A new relationship came to be. And now this relationship was trying to restore the relationship that had been broken. But not only that, Onesimus now became one who was seen as useful. See, Philemon probably saw him as a bondservant or whatever he saw him. Onesimus probably didn't even see himself, whatever it may be. Man, I'm just going to be in this job for the rest of my life. Whatever, I'm just going to get this done. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of this. I'm running away. Whatever it may have been, Onesimus didn't even see it. It wasn't until a day came that he gave his life to the Lord. He got to learn under Paul. And now he's realizing he has a purpose. And there is a plan for his life. And Paul is taking someone who maybe the world saw as maybe not useful or beneficial and now saying, this man is useful because he's useful to me. And his name actually means useful or beneficial. Useful or beneficial. And the amazing thing is, is that maybe before his name didn't match his lifestyle. My name's David, and the Bible, you know, says beloved. I can tell you. <laughs> my name didn't always match my lifestyle. Can I be honest with you? Can I? All right. Sometimes it still doesn't. <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm like John, though. I'm your beloved, Lord. <laughs> the one whom Jesus loved, Amen. But see, now in Christ, once of his name now matches his lifestyle because he's in Christ. And he has become useful. And he is beneficial. And he realizes there is a purpose for my life. In the potter's hands, when you gave your life to the Lord, you became useful. You are beneficial. You have a purpose. In Christ Jesus. He has a purpose and a plan for you. You are beneficial to those around you. You are useful to those around you. You are a blessing to those around you. As we are acknowledging, Pastor Pat is a blessing to all of us here. And not just to us, but many others. See, what Paul was doing is he was using his relationship with Christ Jesus to now challenge Philemon and the church there to be restored to Onesimus so that that relationship would be restored, but Philemon would no longer see him as a bondservant, but Philemon would see him as a brother in the Lord. And he would see him as more than a bondservant, that he was him, but now a bondservant of Christ that would be useful to him. And one thing I've always known, Pastor Pat, is you've always pushed us to know that we are useful and there is a purpose. Because I'm sure in here many of you and all of you have not 
can say one thing that you always do is point us to Christ and to let you know that you are useful. You are beneficial. And there is a purpose for your life. Sometimes you may have been pushed to restore relationships, to face things, to deal with things, deal with the sin of your life. <laughs> Whatever it may be, but it was always and it's always for the benefit because of her relationship with Christ Jesus. And in that, she has been useful and beneficial to us and still is and still will be. It's still here. But we are also useful and beneficial to her and to one another and to a world out here. Because how many of us know it's a lot more, it's greater than just here. It's greater than just here. There's a whole world out there, a whole galaxy, a whole universe out there. And we are lights that shine in it. The light of the Lord. He says, so if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand and I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Paul is taking responsibility, saying, look, if this guy betrays you, if he does you wrong, count it towards me. Take it out on me. Pastor Pat, thank you for always taking responsibility and accountability. Verse 20 says, yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. You know how you can refresh Pastor Pat's heart here today and continually forward? Be obedient. Oh, you can yeah, gather. No, pray, definitely. <laughs> but one of the things you always hear her say, and I don't think she'll ever stop saying because she's challenged herself to do, is be obedient to the Lord. Seek the Lord and live. That's how you continue to bless the woman of God. That's how we continue to honor the woman of God and the work. And because we're grateful for the relationship that we have with her today, is continue to be obedient in the work that God has called us to do. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. It says here, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as much in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I'm going to read that one more time. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It 
The Word of God says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, walk in them. And Luke eleven twenty eight says, Blessed are all who hear the Word of God and put it into practice. You are useful. You are beneficial. And maybe there was a time that we were running free and all that, or we thought we were free. We were really bound. And don't get me wrong, how many of us still fight with God? Okay, only a couple of us. All right, guys, everybody else pray for us. Amen. Still a work in progress. Amen. But God is faithful to complete that work and to finish that work within us.